Welcome everyone to FF Plus, your outlet for weekly reviews that are simple, short, and spoiler-free. I'm your host, Aaron White, and for this episode, I only have one film to share with you. But before we get to that movie, I just wanted to quickly remind you that we are now a member of the Now Playing Network with many other great shows across all different types of entertainment coverage. So please check them out. You can find us all at nowplayingnetwork.net. Also, if you've been listening to the show for a while and you haven't had the opportunity yet, we'd love for you to drop us a five-star review and maybe even some kind words on Apple Podcasts platform or Spotify or wherever you listen to the show. And of course, follow us on social media. The links to all of our accounts and mine personally are in the show notes for every episode. So do that and then come chat and engage with us if you wish. Well, I like to get right into it and not waste your time. So today's movie is Knock at the Cabin from Universal Pictures. It stars Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, Nikki Emika Bird, Kristen Cooey, Abby Quinn, and Rupert Grint. It is directed by M. Night Shyamalan, and it is written by Shyamalan and Steve Desmond and Michael Sherman, and based on the book The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. It runs 100 minutes, and it is rated R for violence and language. What's it about? While vacationing in a remote cabin, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. With limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. Knock at the Cabin takes the home invasion thriller and makes it nicer, at least for a while. When Leonard, played by Dave Bautista, first arrives on the scene, he finds young Wynn out in the woods collecting grasshoppers, and he quickly begins to befriend her. He immediately presents himself as a soft-spoken, gentle, kind, and respectful man, despite his hulking appearance and his body covered in strange tattoos. This scene, I thought, was a great precursor to the rest of the film and the type of tension that Shyamalan is going to play with. We, as the audience, of course, right away, start to worry about this strange man in the woods just walking up and wanting to talk to a very young child. But Is that fear justified by his actions, or is it only because of what we presume of him? That is an ongoing theme that will play out throughout the film. Anyway, pretty quickly, this gets taught, and Wynne and her two fathers, Daddy Andrew and Daddy Eric, are confronted by Leonard and three of his pals, all wielding very disturbing homemade weapons, which they deem to be quote, tools. The story premise, as mentioned before, all hinges on this idea that the four invaders are there to present a life or death choice to the family. And the majority of the movie is spent watching them wrestle with the fantastical and even fanatical sounding things that the invaders are saying and that their actions are actually doing. It's definitely a potboiler of a sort with sturdy suspense largely helped along by some really great cinematography that heavily relies on close-up shots of faces during conversations. It's both creepy and emotionally evocative at times. I really dug it, and it highlights some very good facial expression acting by Bautista and the young Kristen Cooey and Jonathan Groff, especially. 
Uh, unfortunately, Hamilton and Frozen fans, he does not sing. Well, I take that back. I just thought about this. He he kind of sings, but not in the way that you might expect. Definitely not a musical kind of number, but he, he does sing briefly at one point. The fact that Andrew and Eric are gay also plays into the story, giving them a built-in additional reason to question whether or not they are being targeted out of bigotry. Their relationship is revealed a bit through flashbacks, but it didn't do too much for me, and I wish that we had gotten to know them a little better. It does hit some defining moments from their relationship, including the adoption of their daughter, and it did enough to make me certainly care for their well-being and want them to get out of this alive. The invaders get some limited character development too, but far less than I would have liked. It is a fun twist to see them tying people up and raving about the end of the world after breaking in, but then also trying to take care of the family's wounds and sweep up the glass from the floor because they made a mess and make breakfast for them the next morning. Those weapons, by the way, or the tools I mentioned earlier, they do get used uh, at different points in the film. I won't say how or who dies or who gets hurt, but all the violence is off screen, and we only see the leftovers of it in one specific case. Otherwise, everything is handled outside of the frame. What is implied is extremely brutal. And I have to be honest that not seeing it really did lessen the terror overall for me. So the movie kind of hits this like PG-13 suspense level, but it, it, it could have gone so much harder. Now, maybe it doesn't need to, but it doesn't ever get quite to that funny games kind of scariness because you don't see it happen. It's just not there in front of your face. And it had me wondering, why is this rated R for violence if we're not even going to see it? Ultimately, everything moves towards answering the question of whether or not the apocalypse these invaders are heralding is true, or if there is some other reason for this crazy event. Now, I've been told that the book ends quite differently, and on a majorly ambiguous note, what I can tell you is that the movie does answer certain questions. But where it falls very flat for me is in the overall implementation of this theme. It's fine. It, it held my attention. I wanted to know what was going to happen, but beyond asking me to briefly think about what I would do in the situation... There is really not a deeper exploration of the truth behind what's happening. And thus, it felt very much like an underwhelming and unsatisfying ending to me. I can't explain it fully to you without spoiling, and I'm not going to do that. But the specific idea of why these people are here, it's just never specific enough for my personal taste. I wanted to know why this cabin, and why this family. And there are questions like that that just do not get answered. And that was frustrating to my experience. Honestly, Shyamalan has been living in this space for a while now. His last two films have had fascinating ideas, but they weren't his ideas. His direction is okay, 
and he gets solid performances out of his actors. But that spark, that next level, mind-blowing, deep character study, underneath-your-skin stuff that we got in Unbreakable or The Sixth Sense or even Signs, it's just not there anymore. These are interesting ideas with a glossy coating of paint. It's very mid, if you ask me. So is Knock at the Cabin bad? Is it good? It's, again, definitely just fine. It's a perfectly adequate piece of movie making that is thankfully only a little over 90 minutes long, and at least it doesn't overstay its welcome. Don't expect a masterpiece, and you'll probably have a decent time. Knock at the Cabin will be available in theaters on February the 3rd. Am I feeling it? I think this is very skippable. I don't have any reason to tell you that this is a movie that if you're going to only go see one movie a month or a handful of films in the theater every year that you should spend your money on this? Absolutely not. I don't feel like I'm doing you a service by suggesting that. However, I think that you could do worse. So if you're looking for a night out and you have the money and you're just, you know, already committed to going to a movie of some kind, this is a decent one to see. Again, you you could do worse. You could watch Shotgun Wedding at Home and be completely, utterly bored to death like I was and just eye-rolling at all of the terrible jokes. So it's not the worst movie to come out, but yeah, very mid. That's where I'm at. Well, that's it for this episode of FF+. Plus. Hope you've been enjoying all of the Sundance coverage as well, and I hope that this specific review helped you determine whether or not this movie is for you if you do see it seek me out on social media find me on letterboxd let me know what you thought i'm always curious about that i'll be back soon until then keep watching and keep feeling filmed